We're back. Week number six of the NFL season here at WindDailySports.com. All sponsored by the Sharp app. Go to sharp.link and all of the ways you can download the Sharp app, whether that is the Google Play Store or also the Apple App Store. And John Statsational is doing an excellent job. I think he's 11-0 on his dog bets or his, his bets of the day. So doing a fantastic job. Follow the Sharp app as well on Twitter, but also download the Sharp app. We are today going over some quarterbacks and stacks for week number six. And the thing is, this is really tough. And so in order for, for me to go over a really tough slate, I need one of the best with me, and that is Joel. You can follow him at Draftmaster Flex. My name is John Jansen. Follow me at jjansen34, as you see on the screen. Joel, I, I want to start there, though. It seems really limited. Like, we're probably going to go through some of these, and there are just a couple of really clear spots, and everything else – it's not even like, okay, you can maybe pivot to this game. It's almost literal garbage after a few spots. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's the weeks coming where it's like, hey, they're starting to be bye weeks, um, things like that, where not every game is out there. So, like, it's, you know, the first few weeks, everyone's playing. Like, there's so many things in play. And now we're starting to see, okay, this team's got a good defense. These teams aren't moving the ball well. We really have a pretty clear picture of who's playable and who's not now. Yeah, we do. And – the one guy that I think is too playable. Is that, is that a thing? Too playable? Yeah. Uh, he's so obvious that I think everybody's going to want to play him, and it's just going to be a smash spot for everyone. Lamar Jackson. He's been, first of all, phenomenal passing the ball in his last two games. So that part of his game is there. He's always good as a rushing threat. But it's just that if his passing ability is going to get better, now he's going up against the Chargers team, where you can certainly gash in the running game. Lamar Jackson seems incredibly obvious as a quarterback play for this week for so many uh, more, like the reasons you listed um in addition to that right Lamar Jackson's not the type of quarterback that relies on throwing to like it, Hollywood Brown's been having a great year but like he doesn't rely on one receiver so like yeah. the big the biggest strength of the Chargers is that they have shut down corners great we'll just throw to the tight end or we'll throw to the backs or I'll run it so like he'll <laughs> score this is going to be a shootout and like there's no way of stopping. Right. The, like either either way the game's first going to be, he's going to have to score a lot of points, whether it's coming back or whether it's the fact that they need to keep up. Uh, it's it's Yeah, it's going to be a lot of points in this one. For sure. And that's where I'm like, I'm looking at this game. I'm looking at the Chargers being super weak against the run, which Lamar Jackson's going to run on them. They're not good against the tight end, which we just saw what Andrews did on Monday night. Um, and I'm like, I just see no – and we see how good the Chargers look on offense where no one's going to stop Herbert. And – and this is the worst Baltimore defense I can remember in years. So they are yeah. beatable. So it's yeah. like everything is pointing to Carson Wentz look like an actually good quarterback. How about that? <laughs> so my biggest concern here is that everyone else sees the same thing I do. And so we're all going to have the same players in our lineups and no one's going to do anything different. Yeah. And this game is one of a couple. Is this one you would say that it's close to a game stack too, like Justin Herbert and the Chargers are in play? Because obviously we like to look at games and matchups. This is one of those, right? This is almost a smash spot in terms of matchup as well. Yeah, and there's so many guys on the other end that are in play that it just seems like I'm almost for sure going to have four players in this game at a minimum in almost all of my lives. Now I will ask you this because we'll go to another game and I imagine there's like one more game left that really is a true spot where you can play the matchup and play a game stack. Is that true? Would you say there's only one more spot after this game on the main slate that is kind of a, a obvious stacking spot? There's one more obvious one. There might be 
two more obvious ones. There Ooh, might be two. Okay. I think I'm assuming the one you're referencing is Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City, Washington. Yeah. Two of the worst defenses in the league, baby. And this is actually one like I, I you know, since it's an obvious spot now, Mahomes is usually underowned because nobody wants to play the best quarterback in the NFL, even though people argue with Justin Herbert. But it, everybody gets tired of okay, I got to play Justin or, or Patrick Mahomes this week. But I have a feeling because of the fact that. There's not many options out there. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be owned a lot more than he than he has been uh, this season. But so does that mean the obvious pivot in, on the other end is Taylor Heineke? Yeah, I think Mahomes is prices too high. Like you want to play Mahomes with Kelsey or Hill, and once you've combined two of those guys, it's like how can you fill out the rest of your roster? You got to go so bare that I just don't see how you can be competitive. So I'm actually okay with fading Mahomes just for it's just hard to build a, a lineup yep. that way. Uh, but Heineke makes a lot of sense. Listen, they'll probably get killed, which for fantasy is fine, right? Look good. Let's go down 28 nothing, And then from there, you got a whole half to let Heineke throw, do whatever he wants, run, throw, launch the ball, get garbage points. Garbage <laughs> points count just as good, just as much as meaningful points. Yes, they them. do. Yeah, and I think there's a, clearly a stack spot here with Tara McLaurin as well, with Taylor Heineke. Antonio Gibson uh, as well. Would you would you put that in the stack? Uh I, yeah, I think it's fair. He catches passes. Uh, I think you could put him on, in a in a stack with um, Heineke if you want to be different. But I, I prefer going like if you insist on doing Kansas City players um, as your main. Maybe if you do insist on keeping in Mahomes, then I would go with uh, Gibson as the kind of run back on the Washington side. Yeah, and I do want to at least just bring up the Kansas City side uh, in terms of if I don't know if we're doing the Patrick Mahomes because it's obviously expensive, but uh, the skilled players on Kansas City obviously are going to see a lot. So is this one where we maybe dive deeper into maybe a Mecole Hardman day? Are we looking, I have to say Byron Pringle or anybody else like that, but is this one where, you know, since it's going to be high scoring, two of the worst defenses in the league, that we do take a look at guys outside of Hill and Kelsey? So this is probably a big me big braining myself, kind of overthinking it. But uh, here's kind of a narrative that I can buy into. This shouldn't be too much of a challenge for Kansas City. They should steamroll them. Yep. They might look. Like, I think they even gave Tyreek Hill the day off. They might look to not you know feed him 20 targets and just say we don't need to you know force him too much. Let's get Hardman more involved. Let's get other people involved in the game. We should be able to win either way. So, okay. yeah, I think that's a good strategy. You know, Hardman's affordable. They did get him 12 targets last week. So I think that could be another interesting, you know, way to, to approach this week. Yeah, I think that is very interesting. Now, I'm more interested to hear, because the only other spot I'd like at least in terms of, I hate to say stack because I don't think you'll be able to stack this game, but uh, I like the Rams against the Giants. Uh, I don't know if that's a stack spot, but the Giants defense is banged up. But the thing is, like, it, this is going to be such a – a game script where they're probably going to be up a lot of points. Daniel Jones is going to play. I just don't know how good that offense is going to look. They are beat the hell up and the defense is beat the hell up. So that to me more turns into like a Daryl Henderson kind of day than it does. And even maybe Sony Michelle. And that was the concerning part is they started splitting carries, but uh, that's the only other one I looked at. So I'm interested. What's the other game we could sort of stack here. So I don't think it's fair to call this game a game stack because the Giants are pathetic, and that's coming from a Giants fan. Um, <laughs> they're just pathetic. You can't. Uh, yes. They're just yes. so bad. You cannot. Um, and so they're all banged up. Like Daniel Jones is coming off a really bad concussion, and he might and play, might not. I just don't they have know. so many issues. They can't run the ball. Even when they had Barkley, they couldn't run the ball. The backup stinks. He can't do anything. Devontae uh, Booker? You don't like Booker? Come on. He's terrible. Uh, Ingram's a joke. 
I don't even know who's healthy to catch passes. So like, I, as long as Tony's want, not punching people, he he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, maybe you want to take a shot on like a really cheap John Ross because they seem to be getting him involved with all these injuries. Yeah. Like, so I, I mentioned this. I mentioned this on the game by game preview we do for Series Six and Fantasy Sports. And you know, Tony does seem like he's the only guy out there. He's the only one you can use. My problem with that is though, you're probably going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey on him. If that's the case, because I, I know Tony's, I don't know where they have been primarily using Tony. I haven't really looked into that much, but I imagine if he's going to be the primary target and the only one, I imagine Jalen Ramsey is going to be on him in some way. So, you know, my initial instinct of that was actually this. I was like, I don't think the Rams would give Tony that much respect to do that. And they've mentioned, if you, I've been watching Ramsey this year. If you watch the games, they, they mentioned on the broadcast, they're trying to not have him shadow people. Yes. They're trying to make him more involved, bring him inside more, try to change his role a little bit. So this is the prime game where, like, he doesn't need to shadow anybody. The Giants don't have a receiver. So the only caveat that would be, I guess, if Tony started getting real hot in the beginning and they're like, okay, well, the only guy's beating us is Tony. Let's just put right. on him. That could happen. So it's like – Right. That's what I'm afraid of is they know the only guy – like, Tony's literally the only guy going to catch passes for him. Yeah. John Ross, I mean, that guy has been supposedly a deep threat for 10 years and hasn't been. Uh, so I, Evan Ingram can't catch anything, so why even cover? Yeah, I, I just I am fearful of that, that they do do maybe just recognize, you know, not fearful of the Giants offense, but just let's just, you know, guard the only guy that can really beat us and then call it a day. <laughs> Game yeah, I, listen, the way I, if you're going to play some of the Giants, the way you're playing them is they're going to go down 30 nothing early and they're going to throw yeah. a million times and maybe John Ross or someone will catch a bomb and make value. So yeah. that's how I would look at it. I wouldn't be look to play these guys as if it's going to be a shootout or something. So where where is the game stacker going with? That's not one. It's just I, you know, the Giants' defense is bad this season, so I kind of would look at the the Rams in some way. But it's looking like a game script where it's just going to be like Daryl Henderson, maybe, uh, and that's it. So where where else are we looking? Because you said there was a, another game stack that you're kind of potentially leaning towards. So there's more. I guess I guess I, I misspoke. I'm not sure if there's a game stack. There's two other teams. Teams, that I would okay. Like the stack, but maybe not the game itself. So the two teams that I like. Um, first, Arizona. Um, you know, Kyler Murray has been really good. Um, Cleveland's defense is really good. Cleveland's defense is better up front. I mean, they're stopping the run, and, and Arizona's happy to just not run the ball. Like they don't need they're not, they're not looking to establish the run. Yeah, they're not trying to get James Conner involved and James no. Edmund. You know? They'd so, rather get DeAndre Hopkins involved. I yeah, I yeah, think they're. I think right. Cleveland's beatable. We saw what happened with the Chargers last week. I mean, they basically did the same strategy. They just didn't run the ball and they threw it all over them. So I think that could happen again. So I think. A lot of, and there's a lot of pass catchers on the Cardinals that are in play. I mean, obviously Hopkins, right? But you yeah. can go all the way down to Moore, to AJ Green. Does anything or, change that Max Williams is out? Does that make maybe a running back more involved here? Because Max Williams was starting to get targeted a lot, and now he's out. So does uh, I guess how do they kind of divvy out those kind of targets? And is there a tight end that's a direct replacement? I actually liked Mac Williams. There's so many other pass catchers that I wouldn't take a sh- I wouldn't take a shot on a backup tight end that we don't know if they'll get involved. Right. Uh, just because they have, they have enough other mouths to feed. Yeah, does that maybe mean trying to get Rondell more involved in different ways now? Because I mean, you lose a, a pass catcher. I know Max Williams wasn't the focal point, but obviously he was good enough that they were kind of scheming plays for him. You know, maybe now is this more of okay, more of a sense of urgency? Let's get Rondell Moore all the way involved here. I think it's Rondo Moore gets a, a small bump. I also think the small bump would go to Edmonds, who yeah. would probably get some of those more tight end-like targets out of the backfield. Yeah, uh, so that's an interesting one. Where's another one you're going towards? I I, I definitely get the Cardinals one because either way they're going to put up they're, yards, points, uh, all that. Yeah, yeah. I think the Cardinals score. Um, 
The last one, I think that's that's a, a, an interesting place to look is Green Bay. Um, again, I wouldn't play too many guys on Chicago, but they yeah. the Chicago can be beat through the air, and obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers can, you know, what he can do with the ball. Not only that, but I mean, there's an obvious stack there, right? Like we know who you're playing with Aaron Rodgers. He throws to one guy every single time. So if you wanted to bubble that up, I think that's a perfectly fine play against. A, I think a Chicago secondary that I think uh, has holes. Uh, I think they're a good defense, but. I think they're going to look better against bad teams than they will against Aaron Rodgers. So I think this is an op- a good opportunity for them. Yeah, and then looking outside of that, because the only other game I would love is this Jags-Dolphin game, but the problem is it's 9.30 in the morning and it's not on the main slate. It stinks. So, like, we're limited because after that, it's the, the Lions and Bengals. And it could probably say they're bad teams, but both of these defenses have actually been playing really well. And the Lions defense, I know everybody wants to keep – everybody keeps targeting them. Target the Lions defense, target them. And every time we've gotten burned, like completely burned. And I'm I'm done trying to do it. I got one for you. We are going to target the Lions defense this week. As we our are. Defense, oh, in our okay. <laughs> yes. Cheap defense. Cheap defense. Yes, they're yeah. cheap. Uh, you're right. They're playing better. Like they're one of their second cheapest team. It's um, if Burrow's banged up, maybe he makes a mistake or two and they, and they make value. So I think yeah. that they're the defense that we could target if you're trying to go really cheap. Yeah, I certainly love that one. You know, I'll ask this because the, the Raiders have looked like a mess and they're not giving up a ton of points, but teams have been able to kind of move the ball a little bit on them. Is this one where, you know, now we clearly know it might be Javante Williams and not Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon might be out for this game, so clear spot for Williams. You know, Cortland Sutton is getting, you know, wide receiver one targets. Like, is this one where we maybe can stack Bridgewater and Cortland Sutton and Javante Williams, or is that just looking into too much? Like, yeah, the Ravens are, uh, the Raiders are a mess, but they're still not giving up that many points to stack a game like this. So Bridgewater, I think, is safe. He's got a good floor. If you want to consider him for cash, I like him there. I don't think he's a tournament play. I just don't see a ceiling there. And I prefer the run game in this one. So I, I yeah. love Devontae Williams. I think especially if, if Gordon's confirmed out, uh, then he's a smash button play when he's going to get that guaranteed volume against this run defense that has looked bad. Um, I would, yeah, Javante Williams would be one of my favorite value plays of the week. Yeah, and one, I, I'll bring it up just because of the total. And obviously, I think a lot of people are staying away from this one because it's a weird one. But I just want to bring up the total and just your thoughts on it and why we're not stacking it. Uh, the Cowboys and Patriots. The totals I was 50, just going to bring that up. Total's at 51. I have no idea how or why, but the total's 51. So I don't love Dak in this spot because I think Bill finds a way to slow them down. Uh, I actually think Mac could be interesting. I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to play him, and here's why. Um, if you're taking the notion that the Cowboys offense is good and they're going to find a way to score, even if they go off, they'll find a way to score. Fine. Yeah. If they go down, da- if the Patriots go down and they don't have a lead, they're going to have to throw. And the Cowboys have shown that they are going to leak yards. They just aren't like, they don't yeah. shut people down and they have a good run D. So it might be hard for the Patriots to establish the run game. They'll be forced to throw Matt Jones. He's, he's thrown and he had some good games and you know, he he's capable. So he's so cheap. That, like, if you stack him with, like, one guy that scores and then you go crazy with, like, Adams. And oh, Hill, who's that I one guy? Is Jacoby going. Myers getting in the end zone? Is Jacoby Myers getting in? So here's the thought process. Myers is safe for DraftKings because he might get eight catches. So he doesn't have to score. Eight catches, 60 yards, that will meet value, right? Uh, but that doesn't really make sense for the stack. That's more of just, like, a solo play. Yeah. For the stack, you want to find the touchdown. So either I think probably Henry's the guy at tight end who's most likely to score. 
Um, but I actually like rolling the dice with Nelson Aguilar. He had a great week one. He's had some tougher matchups. He's been banged up. I, the ceiling, I know the floor is really low with Aguilar. Trust me. I know the floor is low. But the ceiling, though, he does occasionally yeah. catch the big pat, you know, the deep balls. He is an explosive wide receiver, although drops too many of them. But he does, he has those opportunities every single game. And this is one where, you know, if he's able to get past the Dallas secondary, yeah, he could potentially get that. And look, there's obviously going to be that opportunity, I think. And let's just think about it this way, because you're going to look at, you're going to think about, you know what, that's just, do we really want to play them, right? But then if you actually think about it, he doesn't need to have 330 yards and four touchdowns. You don't need that, right? If he gets 250 and two or 301, that's way over his value at the price that he's at. So, and those numbers are not that out of reach for him, right? Like that he could do. So I actually think there's a really realistic chance that Matt Jones meets or exceeds value. Yeah, and one one last game I want to go over, and I don't think we're playing this one. The total, again, is really weird, but the, the defenses are what's odd about this one because they're actually pretty good defenses, and we didn't expect it. But Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold both are, have put up really big fantasy numbers, and usually like going into the season, I thought Panthers' defense was not going to be that good, and especially thought Minnesota wouldn't, but they're both doing pretty well. Are we maybe going too far in the these defenses are really good and points won't be scored? I, I think there is a small potential that this game does kind of get out of hand a little bit, but that to me is just a little bit too much risk here, and I don't know if I'm going to be taking that risk. I, I have more faith right now in Carolina's defense than in Minnesota's. I think Carolina's defense is for real. Yes. Uh, Minnesota's Minnesota defense, does seem like a fraud. It's so. It might be improved, but they're beatable. They're not like a great defense. Um, my big factor for this game is going to be McCaffrey. Because I think if McCaffrey plays, I think this turns into more of an offensive game with him on the field. I think if he doesn't play... Uh, I could see it being more of a defensive battle without that big playmaker playing. So yeah, you know, if he does play, I would actually, I would, I'd maybe think about going with a little Darnold, McCaffrey, and D, back to DJ Moore uh, kind of stack here because I the Philly, Philly did one thing I didn't expect them to do. They shadowed DJ Moore with Darius Slay the almost the entire game. I did not see that coming. I don't think Minnesota has anybody at the caliber of Darius Slay to be able to do anything like that. So I, I do think that DJ Moore is kind of going back to you know what he was a couple of weeks ago and you know those couple of games before the Philly one. So I, I think if they're if you want to take that risk, you know, I I don't think the Panthers are in too bad of a spot because I think the Vikings you can score on for sure. I think from a fantasy perspective, I think DJ Moore is going to finish as a wide receiver one this year. Like he's 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 going to have a really good year. I think what's happening right now is that. Other teams are seeing that, and they're yeah, putting the, the, the focus on him. And, you know, how is he going to respond to getting more focus and coverage? And is he going to be able to – which I think he will be fine, but maybe it might take him a week or two to adjust to that. Yeah, definitely could. Uh, no adjustments here. We're rolling. By the way, 50K hits. People with 6K, 7K in their bankrolls after this one. A big weekend for you. How would you do? Uh, this weekend I wasn't so good. I didn't have a good weekend. Oh, uh, you weekend. didn't have another, like, 50, 30K hit this weekend after no. about three, four weeks of them? Oh. You had a bad week? Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to know if Joel's any good at this, you can probably look at the past few weeks and you'll see he's fine. Uh, So, yes, college football stream, 8 o'clock every Friday night, and it's the best college football stream. And the numbers are doing fantastic. So a lot of credit to you. It's a great show, and I think it's a very informative one. So check that out, college football, super flex, 8 o'clock on Friday nights. Also, if you haven't signed up for Wind Daily Sports yet, you want to see what we're all about, what we have to offer, one-week free trial. Just go in the description below. There is a link for the one-week free trial. And all you have to do, sign up, 
one week free and you get the optimizer and a lot of the benefits a gold member usually gets. And so you kind of get to see what we have to offer and get a glimpse of why people like Joel use the tools that we have and see in the who does a great job and the people who hit 50 K hits over the weekend in week five of the season. They use those tools. They use the information at win daily and you can use it as well for a week just to see what it's like. So one week free trial link is in the description below live week is the code for this one but that's it for us my name is john jansen follow me at jjansen34 joel at draftmaster flex we'll be back tomorrow with a little bit of showdown birds and buccaneers oh it's gonna be a good one we'll be talking about that tomorrow here windailysports.com You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.